What's up, folks of Gator Country? This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist, along with Andrew Spivey. And Florida will travel away here to Missouri, a 4 o'clock SEC network game. The Gators were a 10-point favorite. Now they've dropped to an 8.5 favorite. So Vegas is knowing something that we don't know, or a lot of bets are coming in for Florida. But Florida's going to be up against a team that just beat a team that completely demolished them two weeks ago, a, a South Carolina team. They beat them 31-28 to 28 here. And Missouri boasting a um, running back that's leading the SEC and leading a lot of categories in the nation. Tyler Beatty, a uh, guy that's rushed for 1,239 yards already and 12 touchdowns. Actually, if you go to some sites, they count 1,244 for his rushing stats because they count different differentials when it comes to rushing. Either way, Florida's up against one heck of a rushing attack from Missouri, and here lately, the past four games, Florida's given up over 900-plus rushing yards. Andrew, that is a, it's not a, good, not a good stat. No, uh, he's the only player in the country with four 200 yard plus games. And, uh, you know, that's been a, it's been a struggle for Florida. It's been a, um, you know, a, a situation where Florida hasn't been able to stop the run and, um, you know, they haven't been able to, to keep good team or good running backs down. And, and that's a, it's a problem. It was a problem last week against Sanford. It was a problem against South Carolina where teams were just able to run the ball against Florida. I mean, I, I think we're all still having nightmares about uh, uh, LSU running counter right up the, uh, the shoot against them. Uh, what? 26 times or something like that. So um, it, it's a bounce back. I mean, you, you've got to figure out a way if you're Christian Robinson to bounce back from last week, if you're Florida's defense to bounce back from last week, you were embarrassed last week um, defensively against Sanford for three quarters. You've got to find a way to bounce back. Florida typically doesn't play very well in Columbia. Um, you have that long, you know, trip plane ride that is, you know, most plane rides are an hour, hour and a half for, for Florida. And this one's uh, about a four hour flight. Uh, it's going to be cold. Uh, but it is, it's going to be middle in the afternoon, so it won't be too bad. Um, what concerns me, David, is this team who hasn't uh, showed much fight, hasn't, uh, you know, came out with much energy. Uh, you're traveling to, to Missouri, like I said, on a, you know, way far away trip. Um, you're, you're on your longest trip of the year in a cold environment against a team that isn't very good. They're okay. What? How do you come out of the gate? You can't come out of the gate slow um, and expect to, you know, pull out like you did Sanford. It just, it won't happen. Yeah. Uh, coming out, I think we've, just about every podcast, we've talked about starting fast instead of starting really slow. Uh, so far this season, Florida's had four games where the opponent has scored over 20 points in the first half and held the team to 10 points in the second half. So in the second half, they're not doing too bad on defense. The first half, they're getting killed. Alabama, they gave up 21 points in the first, 10 in the second. Georgia, 24 points in the first, 10 in the second. Sanford, we all know last week, 42 points, 10 in the second. South Carolina, 30 points, 10 in the second. So right then and there shows you that they're not getting off to fast starts. And as the game goes on, um, you know, maybe with halftime adjustments or something said by Dan Mullett at halftime, the team's coming out with a little bit more fire, and I guess a little bit, I can't even say passion, but just a little bit you know, more oomph and emphasis on stopping the run, playing great defense, and holding this team to under 10 points for some reason. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a it's been a problem under Mullen in general, and I, I wish I had that stat. Um, you know, just how slow they've been typically under Mullen, and, and that's a that's a problem. It um, it seems like that it takes them a quarter to a quarter and a half to really get going, um, and and it's hurt them a lot. You know, you you look at the the past two LSU games, they haven't been able to put them away. You look at the Kentucky game, you know, early on Kentucky couldn't do nothing. They weren't able to put them away. Um, You look at the Alabama game, any resemblance of a start in that game, you're probably, you know, looking at a different outcome in that game. Uh, You know, you, you just look at certain games and you go back and you just say, had they had a pulse early on, you know, you're able to, to, to have different outcomes. And I think the biggest concern for me, David, is continuing to be once the defense comes out and and lays an egg early, it's like, oh, my God, here we go again. And I think it becomes a a problem for this team because – they lose confidence and, 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 and it takes until halftime to kind of get in there and regroup a little bit. Um, you can't allow Beatty. I mean, if you allow him to get going early, you're probably in for a long day. Uh, if you allow Missouri to, to stick around and, you know, get out to a lead, you're in for a long day. You need to get out and put the naysayers and put the, the doubt in everybody's mind behind you before you just go back to say, oh, my God, here we go again. Yeah, and and missed tackles is a part of it um, the, with the rushing game and, and then keeping the defense on the field is when the team can consistently get first downs and just keep running the ball and, and right up the middle right at you, I mean, your defense will get tired out and it's going to take a halftime rest for them to come back out energized and hopefully have a different game plan and be able to stop the run or the pass or whatever happened. And it's happened in numerous games where we've gotten off to a slow start and then we come out in the second half and we're a completely different team energized on defense. And, you know, the offense, obviously, you know, I want to roll over to the offense just a little bit. Um, you know, we're all worried about Tyler Beatty, but a guy on offense for us that's a running back that should see more of the touches is Damian Pierce. And I think we've seen it all over social media and Twitter. Damian Pierce has uh, completely just dominated all the rushing statistics here. And if you go by a pro football focus, which is a lot of people go by stats there because they're some of the best at breaking down stats, pro football focus, he's the number one running back in America right now, graded at a 94.3, which if you're graded in the blue anywhere at pro pro football focus, you're a good player. Um, When you're number one in the nation out of all that, that's, that's elite. Uh, he's had 68 carries so far this whole season. That's not even seven carries a game on average, and he's averaging 6.6 yards per rush. And he's already rushed 448 yards, just only getting six carries a game, almost 500 yards, just that. And 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 I'm thinking to myself now, like, if Damian Pierce would have at least had, say, 12, 13, or 14 carries per game, he could probably be sitting over here at 1,000 yards rushing, if not even more. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's been a that's been a problem and it's and it's been something that we've asked multiple times throughout the year, you know, why is Damian Pierce not getting more carries, you know, and and it's it's an issue. Uh, when you look at the SEC, he's third in uh, uh, touchdowns um, overall. Um, Beatty's got 16, and Brian Robinson Jr.'s got 14 or 16 as well. And then Damian Pierce comes in, at, you know, tied for well second if you don't count tied for first um, at 13. And so you look at that and you you say, okay, well this man's getting a lot of touches a game, 
but it's not. I mean, you go back to the Sanford game last week. Uh, they he didn't get a touch until midway through the second quarter, and then it's like they feed him for a little bit, and then it, once again it goes back to okay, well we kind of forget about him, and and that's that's a problem. And you know, and the and the thing is, is we we can't be the only ones that see this. Dan Mullen's got to see this. Yeah. Dan Mullen's got to understand and know that you know this this is happening and you know i i get it you know dan mullen wants to play the the hot hand as he calls it all the time and and that's fine but at the same point in in time damian pierce has been the hot hand all year you've got to figure out a way to get him you know 15 touches a game something especially if you if you're planning to win these next two ball games if you're not planning to win these two ball games and it's a different story but we all know they're planning to win you just you've got to play the guy who's going to give you the best chance to win. And right now, that's that's Damian Pierce. And especially in a game like these next two are going to be Missouri on the road, and then a rivalry game against Florida State. Those are going to be tough physical football games. Damian Pierce is that guy. He's tough and physical. And, and the thing for me is, we've talked a lot in the in the past, and and one of the big things for me was. You know, could Damian Pierce be good enough to be a, a four-down back and catch the ball out of the backfield? He's answered that question. He's yeah. catching the ball just fine. Uh, he's doing things after the catch. So, to me, there's no excuse for him not to have 15 to 20 touches a game. Yeah, and especially now with Missouri, their rushing defense is terrible. They're 125th in the nation in rush defense, allowing 244.6 yards per game where Florida obviously they pumped their numbers up from the LSU game and and all of that they're up to 162.6 they're 77th in the nation so they're actually still better than Missouri in average rushing yards a lot per game uh so you know coming back to that you know you know with the defense getting off to like a uh, really slow start you kind of want that running back in there to get you some first downs keep the other team's defense on the field, keep their offense off the field. That way your defense doesn't have to worry about coming out, you know, not as strong in the first quarter or second quarter and all that. And then get that guy, get that bruising running back in there. Cause once you get him, say Damian Pierce gets a hundred yards rushing in that first, second quarter, those guys are going to be stacking the box. And then that opens up the passing where we can't seem to get separation from our wide receivers, uh, our deep guys, Open up the pass game, get Copeland involved, get Shorter involved after that, and then go ahead and take it to these guys early. That way you don't have to worry about the second half, and you're up far ahead enough to, to I don't know, even put second-string guys in there if, if we're that far ahead. Uh, I think the problem is is getting off to a fast start this year has been non-existent, and that's why we haven't been able to blow out teams like Sanford that we should blow out. Had one blowout game against Vanderbilt, but that score should have been worse than what it was. And I think that right. if you get off to a faster start, you could have won a lot more football games this year than than what you've lost. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at it and you and you kind of compare things here, and you know, you look at what what uh, Missouri is. Missouri Missouri is pretty good against the passing game. Only allows them two, only allowing two hundred seven a game. Yeah. Um, that's because they allow two hundred almost fifty two forty eight uh, on the ground. You you've got to go in there and figure out a way to to get your offensive line going, get those guys with some momentum to to come out and fire off the ball and and fire off the ball and get the running game going. And then when they do, like you say, sink in, you've got to find a way then to throw the ball and throw the ball consistently like you did last week. Um, 
again, it kind of all starts with Damian Pierce in the, and up front. If, if yep. Pierce is in the game, you like your chances. And if this offensive line can really come out and, you know, get some blocks and, and uh, fire off the ball and, you know, kind of show what they showed early in the season. And that was really getting to the second level. Uh, really, you know, not just getting those two and three yard runs, but it was those ten to fifteen yard, those explosive plays, and and figuring out that, and and then you still have to protect. You got to protect Emory as well, and and go at it. And you know, this is a team that's allowing thirty five points a game. Um, you feel pretty good about yourself offensively. I think the key definitely is defensively and, and how you stop this Missouri uh, rushing attack that's averaging 177 yards per game when you're giving up 157 on the ground. So, uh, yeah. you know, that's kind of where it's you're going to have your, your game one and loss, in my opinion, is how does Florida stop Missouri's rushing attack and then how does uh, Florida rush against Missouri's uh, defense? Right. Also tackling, we just mentioned at the beginning of the the, the program, um, hasn't been that well either. You got two safeties in Rashad Torrance and Trey Dean leading the mm-hmm. team in tackles. And as Not you said good. before, when safeties are leading the team in tackles, that means teams are getting to the second level. So they're also doing the same thing against us as well. So you got to clean that up too. The defensive line's got to play more cohesive. Um, you know, I know the sack numbers have not been like they should have been or we've expected from the past like right. three to four games, both lines are getting pushed around. And when you can't win in the trenches, that usually decides the game for the most part, unless there's right. turnovers or something else like that. But um, obviously Florida needs to come out fast as we, you know, as we talked. And right now they're still, even with the bad games, they're still 10th in the nation in rushing yards per game at 225. Missouri, 172.4. They're 56th. So, Missouri's had games where they've been able to run Tyler Beatty like crazy, but then they've had games like against Georgia, but nobody's been able to really run the ball against Georgia. Um, They'll have a Georgia game or a game where they slip up and they only rush like maybe 100 yards, maybe 90. Uh, But Tyler Beatty's been been ridiculous in in every game that he's had. He's going to play in the NFL, obviously. Um, Points allowed per game. And this is a stat that I looked at that, Gave me a little bit more confidence, man. Missouri is giving up. Listen to this, Andrew. It's pretty bad. They're giving up 36.8 points per game, 114th in the nation. Uh, Florida's at 24.7 to 54th, way up from uh, last week when Sanford put a a good 50 points on them. So, yeah, that, that stat might be a little skewed in your brain, but obviously we still gave up those points, and it still counts. Points per game were about even. Uh, Florida's averaging 29.4 points per game. Missouri's averaging 28.4 points per game. So pretty much across the board, it's even in points per game on offense. But Missouri giving up a ton of rushing yards and a ton of points. And I think that's where Florida can really expose that weakness there, especially if they can get that run game going and get that offensive line, you know, cohesion going too as well. And hopefully get some injuries cleared up on that offensive line too. I think I believe I heard Ethan White might be back this week. You were in that teleconference. Yeah, I mean that's the plan, and yeah, that's the plan is him to be back. And uh, you know, you you have Garage who's continued to get better. You've had uh, you know Reese and and Delance who you know were a little banged up. They continue, but I mean, you know, you're in week what twelve of the season. Yeah. You know, week thirteen really if you count the bye week. Uh, Fourteen if you count week zero now uh, of the season. So you know you're. 
you're as healthy as as you can be, and and you know nobody's fully healthy. Missouri's not fully healthy in this game. Um, Florida's not going to be fully healthy, but um, you know the, the the key is to come out and, like you said, with a fire, with a passion. Um, unfortunately, it's probably going to be another shootout because I just, I mean. You know, you, you've yeah. seen this team play for 11 games now. It's it's not uh, – or 10 games now. You're, you're not – you're not going to just change overnight and be better defensively. You're just, you're just not. I mean, you, you gave up that to Sanford and you can say what you want to, that it shouldn't have happened. You know, it was the first week for Robinson. It happened. Shouldn't have happened. Um, so I just, I feel like that it's, it's going to continue to be a shootout thing. Um, the, the thing is, is can Florida's passing game continue to do what they've done? Yeah. Um, you know, especially last week. I mean, obviously there was guys wide open, but but even, you know, the later part of the year, it's been better. Um, how Anthony Richardson kind of figures into this, uh, you know, I, I, I think you have to go Emory Jones until he makes a mistake. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't even think you have packages per se for Anthony until – Emory goes in there and makes a mistake. If he comes out and he throws a couple of interceptions, hey, it's time to go there. But until then, you've got to ride with the guy who who's given you uh the you know the the stats the last few weeks and had a career game last week. So um, but it, to me, we can say all this and we can break it all down. It all comes down to the mentality of this team. Do they come out with a fire? Do they come out with a want to in this game? If they do, and the answer is yes, they do, then I think you can come out and win this ball game. If they come out flat like they did against Sanford, I think you're looking at a blowout, and, and it's happened before in Missouri. Yeah, because uh, Sanford didn't have a leading rusher in the SEC last week, and if they did, I'm pretty sure Sanford would have blew the top off of Florida the way that they were playing on defense. But, I mean, you're right, man. I think Emory Jones is going to start this game as well. He deserves to, I mean – I can't really say he deserves to start, but after the performance he had last week, I would say he deserves to start. I'm sure Anthony Richardson could have had a great performance last week, though, too. It was Sanford. You should have a great performance against a team that's 4-5 and five like that. But I got to give Emory credit where credit is due. He didn't turn over the ball. He took care of the football. He threw receivers that were open, that were either wide open or just open. He threw it to him. That's what you're supposed to do as a quarterback. You find an open receiver, it goes to him. So I can't complain about what Emory Jones has done so far this season, and especially last game. And as I said last week, you want Emory Jones's confidence to be up. And right now his confidence is probably really that far up because of the performance he had last week. Even I don't even think he cares that he was playing Sanford last week. I mean, he threw up seven touchdowns over, I think it was over 400 yards passing. So you definitely want a quarterback that's on a hot streak going into a game like this, especially with a team that's giving up as much points as they are every game in the rushing yards. And, and, and even, I don't know, man. And I've looked at Missouri's defensive line. I don't really think it matters which rushing running back that you have in this game. I think there are, anybody would be able to run all over them, but definitely Damian Pierce. <laughs> I mean, Damian Pierce has just set himself – uh, you know, aside from both the running backs, Naquan and Malik Davis. And not, that's not me saying that Malik Davis and Naquan Wright aren't good running backs. Damian Pierce has just been a whole nother orbit from them. And I think that with the running game and with Emory Jones being able to run too, I think you get some design run plays in there, get some two running back sets, and I think it's just going to – it'll set Missouri off guard. And if you can keep nickel and diamond first downs, it's just going to keep their offense off the field and it's going to keep that running back that's rushed for 1,200 yards off the field as well. So – well, and that's the thing too. <clears throat> if you're Florida, you know you kind of, you kind of are, 
are in a situation where you almost want to control the game or control the clock a little bit um, to keep control of the game. Um, it, you know, last week they were scoring very quick. You know, it was uh, two minutes to a minute and a half and three minutes were their first yeah. three drive scoring drives of the game. So, you know, if you're Florida, you kind of want to control the clock a little bit in this game uh, and try not to make it a shootout. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you still got to score and you just got to go out and score. And, um, you know, if it comes on the first play of the game, it comes on the first play of the game. If it comes on, you know, a minute, minute drive, it comes on a minute drive. Uh, can't get picky there. Um, got to limit, limit turnovers and you got to win special teams. Um, you cannot have a special teams mishap like you did last week or two mishaps last week with the kickoff return and then the onside kick recovery. Um, you can't have that happen. And if you do, then that's trouble. I mean, you, you just can't have that happen in the SEC and still expect to win ball games there. So got that issue. And then uh, penalties. Can't have penalties like you did last week. Um, the, the unforced offside penalties. You, you cannot have that. And, you know, I don't know if that was just a, um, a guys lining up trying to get there in a hurry because the play call was in or if it was just straight undisciplined, which in my opinion is straight undisciplined. Um, but whatever they want to say, they've got to get it fixed. It's like false starts. There's just no room for it um, when, when you're trying to win games. And you've got to win the three phases of the game. When you're a team that's not very good, You've got to do it. And, and I'll ask this question, and this is a question that's been raised, and, and I'll raise it to you too, and that is, if you love Dan Mullen, all these players, and, you know, and, and everyone says that they do, and I don't doubt that, it's time to play for his job. Exactly. And, you know, what you put out on the field on Saturday could, re- could play a big result in what happens uh, for 2022 as the head man. Yeah, exactly. That's – that's a good question to ask because you'll, and I'm not going to say this though either because they could just be out schemed and out talented though. But I was about to say, you're going to really see what these players think of Dan Mullen by the way that they play when they come out. But that's not really fair for me to say to uh, go ahead and critique what a player, you know, plays like or anything like that. So I'm not going to go there, but they could still play hard and still probably get crushed by this running back. And I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and go over his stats real quick. Uh, he's 1,244 yards rushing. ESPN has him at 1238, I believe, but different sites do different stats. This is all coming from Pro Football Focus here. Uh, 12 touchdowns for the year, 711 yards after contact, 45 forced missed tackles, 32 runs of 10-plus yards, 55 total first downs, 49 receptions for 336 yards. So he's he's doing pretty well, and Florida is, for the year has missed 109 missed tackles total. And that's actually right down the middle in the SEC because I ran those numbers earlier today. And actually, Ole Miss is at like 146. They're leading the SEC in missed tackles. So um, definitely you, you want to be able to keep that running back from running all over the field. But you're right, man. Um, you're playing for Dan Mullen's job at this point. Um, you know, these kids, and we've we've heard a lot of kids talk about Dan Mullen, Zachary Carter, Damian Pierce, uh, I can name 20 more kids that said really good things about Dan Mullen and how they want to play for him. And, you know, we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see how hard the defense comes out, if they can get off to a fast start. And, yeah, like you said, clean up penalties. And this is a funny stat I I rolled up, too. Penalties. Florida's averaging seven a game. Missouri's actually averaging 7.2. So they're not good on penalties either. So they're ranked right underneath Florida. And I think, you know, 
running some of these stats, and, and, and I know it's just stats and it's on paper and the eye test tells a different thing, but going down stats-wise, it actually kind of, there's things where Missouri's better than Florida, and then there's things where Florida's better than Missouri, and it kind of evens out throughout across the board. Like the turnover margin, obviously, we've got one of the worst turnover margins in the nation, throwing 15 interceptions and a couple fumbles there, but Missouri's 39th at plus .3 turnover margin per game. That's average per game. That's not through the year. And right. uh, they're giving up a lot of first downs. Missouri's given up 25.1 first downs per game, 122nd in the nation. So that's why I said you need to come out with a fast start. I would run Damian Pierce, nickel and dime it down the field. This team is not is giving up a ton of first downs. Nickel and dime it. Keep their running back off the field. Keep your defense fresh. And I think that's the key to, to winning this football game. Yeah, I mean – you know, like you said, there's a lot of guys that are playing for it and a lot of guys saying, you know, hey, they're there um, for Mullen and everything else. You'll find out. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out what this team is. Um, you got to have one more game to go to a bowl game. And, you know, we'll see how important that is. And, and, and again, we'll see how this team is. Let's say ten minutes into the game, you know that, and maybe five yeah. minutes of game clock. We'll see where this game's going to go uh, very quickly because if this team comes out with some fire, good luck because this team's going to come out and they could run Missouri off the field. If they come out yeah. with nothing, good luck. Missouri may run you off the field. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm with you. Uh, the keys. I mean, you you just you got to when you're a middle of the way football team and that's what Florida is right now you've got to play almost perfect and you've yep. got to play really good game um especially you know when you're on the road at a place you just don't play well at so uh let's pick some players yeah we've done that in a couple of weeks let's pick some players I was about uh, to say uh, uh, we have I'll let, yeah I'll let you go first this week uh, who's a who's a player to watch for you uh, I really want to pick Damian Pierce but I don't think he's going to get enough carries um I'll go ahead and pick him anyway. I think that's the solid pick right now with the the way that Missouri's not doing so well in um, rush defense. And Damian right. Pierce is set – well, he's not setting records, but he would have set records if he got more carries. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Damian Pierce. Okay, okay. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think Pierce is going to – I think Pierce will do enough um, in the game. Uh, I'm going to go Emory. I think Emory has a big day. Um, it's, uh, you know, after last week, I think the confidence is up for Emory. I think he's ready to go. Um, I think they'll definitely sell out on trying to stop the run and make Florida throw the ball. Um, and if they do, that should be good news for Emory. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pick, since you picked Emory, I'm going to go ahead and pick Kamori Gamble. Kamori Gamble's had a couple of decent Pretty good games these last couple of games. Over 100 yards in receptions a couple of games here. And he's been looking pretty good. He's been running some really crisp routes. He's He's got really good, uh, I would say, acceleration off of his cuts. And I think that's what puts him into that second level. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Kamori Gamble. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the thing for Kamori is, is, you know, when they're using him, hey, he's doing really good. Um, but – that it's kind of like Damian Pierce a little bit where it's like, yeah, meh, we, we, we may know Kamori's here, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and he had a good game last week. I'm going to go on the defensive line though and go Zach Carter. Um, if yep. this team is going to do well defensively, it's going to go through number six who uh, just got a senior bowl invite. That's it. Yeah, he did. He's also leading the team in sacks as well. Zachary Carter there. Um, 
<laughs> well, can I pick somebody that's hurt on the offensive line? Because if, if I pick somebody that's hurt on the offensive line, then they technically don't give up anything. So yeah. did that work? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, well. <laughs> I'm gonna go I'm gonna win all offense, man. I'm gonna go all offense. Okay. I'm, I'm picking shorter, man. He's had recently here he's had a couple of hundred yard games as well. I've seen that he's been getting the ball a lot more too, and they've been going to him a lot more. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and pick shorter too, man. I think he's gonna have a big one. They uh you know, they they had uh they were they were going to Xavier Henderson a little bit last week too. Uh so that's where I that's where I'm gonna go as next is Xavier Henderson. Uh started to go to him a little bit more um as the years went on. So uh you know, I think they look to maybe double team shorter and, and Kamori or put more attention to those guys and uh Xavier Henderson kind of gets the beneficiary of that. You think he's gonna have a good kickoff return? Eesh. Probably not. Hey, well, Lloyd Summerall oh. had a bigger. I was going to say Lloyd Summerall might. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, he might lead the team, man. If they, uh, you know, squib kick it a little bit and it lands in his hands, you know, you might have Lloyd Summerall, you know, returning kicks here for the University of Florida. Who knows, right? Yeah, for real. Oof, that's bad when Lloyd Summerall has one of your long. Him and Malik Davis have two longest ones. So not, uh, not too good. Definitely don't have the ninety-nine yard from uh, what was it, Montreal, Washington last week. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some okay games, not not very many around the uh, around the country, especially in the SEC. The one in the SEC that's uh, noteworthy is Arkansas at Alabama. Yeah. Twenty and a half point favorites for Alabama. Yeah, um, I I think Arkansas is going to be able to run the ball. I don't think that they're going to be able to run the ball as much against Alabama, but I, I've I've seen teams run the ball in Alabama. Shoot, we were able to run the ball in Alabama. They were giving up 162 a game, and Arkansas's putting up 233 a game. So yeah, uh, I would say that Arkansas will keep themselves in the game by running the ball, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that all game. I think Alabama is going to wind up uh, sniffing that out after a while, and then probably take the top off. So I'll go ahead and I'll pick. Alabama, and I don't know what is the spread. You said twenty points, twenty and a half. They'll probably cover that. I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I got Bama covering. They may not cover early, but they'll cover late. Um, another game. I think this one decides the Big Ten, um, yep. the the division. As uh, Michigan State uh, goes up against Ohio State, and first of all, the the College Football Committee is stupid. Uh, you know, they, their reasoning behind Michigan State being behind Michigan is Michigan's look better. Well, they might, but they Michigan them. State beat Michigan on the field. So if the games don't matter of head-to-head, then what's the point of playing the games? Uh, right. You know, why don't we just line them all up against, uh, you know, Sanfords and say, hey, well, whoever looks the best gets to play. Like, what does it matter, you know, <laughs> playing the game if it doesn't matter? So that's my rant, but I guess Michigan State can kind of put all that to bed uh, with a win of Ohio State. And Mel Tucker just got paid, too. Yeah, I know, man. What was it? A ninety-six million dollar contract for like eight years? Eight years, ninety-six, I believe. Yeah, Shoot, uh, and like... two, basically two boosters itself paid for it. So, um, I mean, God, that's man. wild, man. That's that is eleven to twelve million per year. <laughs> that's nuts, uh, man. Not that ten years, ninety-five million. Jeez. Man, um, can I nine point five a year? And, and you got coaches out there getting fired, making close to that kind of money. 
still after they're yeah. getting fired. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> maybe Lincoln Riley uh, goes over that if he goes to LSU. Yeah, report coming out there of Lincoln Riley and LSU offering him a contract. So we'll see what happens there, man. Uh, that was a major contract too. Let's see yeah. what that was. It that was, was, it was pretty there. high. It was up there. Yeah. Uh, eight years, ninety-six. Eight years, ninety-six. That's about the same. It's about the same. I yeah. probably got Lincoln Riley's contract mixed up with with Michigan State coach there. Yeah. So. But so, yeah, it, I mean, they were close. Over, Both of them were close. That's it's uh, over ten million a year. So that's twelve million a year. So, but, uh, but whatever. Anyway. Good luck. Like, I mean, I get it. If you're LSU, you know, you want to get back to to the promise. Uh, to prominence of of the SEC, but I mean, whew, I don't know. That's a lot of money for for Lincoln Riley, who still hasn't won a championship at OU. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm hoping that they're counting on the fact that they can recruit at Louisiana, where where a lot of elite recruits do come from. Not as many as Florida or Texas or California, but they got some elite recruits in the state of Louisiana, and they got no competition there. It's just LSU. So, right. You got to get Bama and Texas out, which, uh, Sarkeesian is, uh, he's, uh, he's on some hot seats too. I mean, he's not getting fired, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so who do you got? I'm actually, I'm not a big 10 guy. I don't really like to watch the big 10 games cause I'm just an sec kind of guy, but I am actually going to watch this game. I'm actually really interested to see this game and Man, I, I don't – this is actually tough because I know that they're not giving Michigan State a chance, but I've seen Ohio State have some – some close – not here lately. I think Stroud – or Stroud, Stroud is his name. I think Stroud has been more better as the years went on. I'll go ahead and pick Ohio State just because they have the better talent. And But I, I, I'd watch out, man. Michigan State could upset them. I don't know, man. Every bit of me says Ohio State wins this game. But then again, I mean, Michigan State's played some really good ball this year. Yeah. Um, and Ohio State hasn't looked particularly great against some teams. Uh, it's yeah. at the horseshoe, though. I got Ohio State and Ryan Day. They're scoring the most points in the country at 46 points a game, though. That is. I think Alabama is somewhere in that range, too. I think they're at like 44, 45, I believe, right under right. Ohio State. Um, but, yeah, I, I I would pick Ohio State just based on the fact that they have more talent. And there's a lot more closer games that Michigan State has had than Ohio State. So I think that, you know, overall talent's probably going to win this game. And who knows? It could be a blowout. Ohio State could just take them to the woodshed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, you look at uh, – you look at – the the two teams where you know they've been up and down. I mean, you look at Ohio State um, and um, you know what they did against Oregon, and then you know Michigan State. I mean, they come out and lay an egg after you know beating Michigan. So you know we, it's the Big Ten. Uh, I'll go Ohio State, but it'll uh, it, it could be close. Yeah, and watch out for Kenneth Walker too, man. <laughs> Kenneth Walker's yeah. been running through some people over there at Michigan State, so. I'm looking to see, I think, oh, here's another top 25 game. Uh, Mario Cristobal in Oregon traveled to number 23, Utah. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and uh, actually, which is, this is the funny stat that they have here, the matchup predictor. This is why I like looking at ESPN's matchup predictor. <laughs> they actually got Utah winning this game with a 61.8% chance to win it. Over really? Oregon. Yeah. They're three-point favorite. Yeah. I, I don't I have no clue. Uh, I, I maybe because Utah has probably defeated tougher opponents, but they're seven and three. Um 
<laughs> I'll do. Hey, you know what? I'll go with ESPN. I'm gonna go ahead and pick Utah because I don't know that much about Utah, and it that just scares me. <laughs> Did they know something we don't know, Andrew? Um, besides Mario Cristobal not being the most spectacular game day coach, <laughs> yeah. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Utah won. It, it really wouldn't. I mean, Oregon's and you know they played okay. I mean, but they're on the board as high as they are because of the Ohio State game. Um, that's that's what put them up there. And hey, they lost to Stanford and everything else. Uh, a lot of pressure on them going to Utah. Um, I got Oregon uh, in a close one, uh, but I, I think they uh, I think they pull it out. Yeah, this year's really tough to decide who's going to win what game is because just about every team has had a loss that's been in the top 10, and then the guys that are undefeated have had such close games. The only team that separates themselves from everybody is Georgia. I mean, Alabama, yeah, they lost to A&M, and they've pretty much blown out every other opponent, and they've scored over 40 points per game. But, I mean, Georgia just has separated themselves from everybody, and I hate to say that because I live in Georgia, and I don't want them winning a national championship. But... The way it's looking, man, Ugh. I don't even want to say it. But, yeah, um, it's it's just tough. It's tough to predict games this year because there's been just so much of a shakeup, and that's why the top ten seemingly changes just about every single week because somebody in the top ten will drop a game that they're not supposed to drop, <laughs> like Oklahoma. Look what happened with them. They, uh, they, they dropped that game to who was it? I think it was, it was Baylor. That's it. Baylor <laughs> beat them 27-14, to 14 and... I think they've switched quarterbacks at least what three times now, between yeah. Rattler and the other guy. They uh, that that was going to be uh, my question for you was does Florida State get a win in order to to be in contention to go to a bowl game by beating Florida next week? Uh, yeah, they're what they've won four games. Florida State. Yes, they have to beat Boston College and then they have to turn around and beat uh, Florida. I don't know if I see them beating Boston College. They might. They could beat Boston College. I don't see it. Uh, yeah, but then they'd have to turn around and beat Florida, which I don't know, man. I still think Florida could beat Florida State. I'm not sure. It just depends on how they play next week and what kind of energy they come out with. And I know those rivalry games, even if uh, you, you know those people out there that are saying a team quote-unquote quits or wants to quit on their coach or whatever, whatever they quote say, these – players they they get up for these rivalry games even if a team was to quit on their coach and the rival was coming into town they don't want to lose to that rival that's them talking trash to them all game then they got bragging rights for a year then they hang it over their head nobody on florida's staff wants to lose to florida state they just don't want to and and you've seen it you've seen that it seems like the defense plays a lot better when they're in a game against a rival or a game that they want to win, like Alabama. Yeah, they started off really slow. Right. Then they only gave up 10 points the rest of the game. Uh, yeah. Missed tackles was a big thing about it, and then that one turnover from Emory Jones. Georgia. Yeah, they the defense actually played pretty well that game. Um, Anthony, you know, Anthony Richardson didn't set them in good field position three times in a row, and they scored 21 points. You can't really put that on the defense. Uh, but, I mean, if you – don't count the 21 points in two minutes. They held Georgia to 13 points. And then, right. you know, you come into now a, a game against Florida State. Well, you know, if the defense plays halfway as decent that they were playing against Alabama and Georgia, they're probably going to win that game. Florida State's still not that good. But if yeah. they come out like they played against Sanford and just don't give a lick, then they could get blown out of the building. So, 
Yeah, I mean, you, you you have to just throw everything away in the rivalry game against Florida State. I mean, that's just, you know, Florida can go out and get smoked by Missouri and come back and smoke Florida State. They can yeah. go out and, you know, smoke Missouri and come out and lay an egg against Missouri uh, or against Florida State. So you have to throw it all out the window. But we'll get into that next week, uh, hopefully after a, a win over Missouri so the Gators can clinch bowl eligibility. And uh, we'll get into some basketball as well as Gator basketball took down Florida State uh, yes. last weekend. And currently, as we're taping this, take, taking down Milwaukee, uh, they're up big in that game. So uh, good to see Mike White and the Gators uh, – uh, continuing to play well. They don't typically play well after being ranked. But uh, new year, new team, and uh, good uh, good year so far. New year, new team, new transfers as well, and more size for that Florida, yeah. well, I guess offense and defense, since they play both on, on the basketball court. Um, yeah, you know, the Mike White guys, the, you know, I'm not a big fan of Mike White, but right now you can't really say anything bad about the guy. It looks like Florida's starting to turn over that new leaf in basketball, and I hope – I'll be able to say this when we enter into the tournament and hopefully we can make it to, you know, maybe the sweet 16, maybe the elite eight, maybe even the this final is a good team. It's a good team. It's a good team. We'll find out as but, the year goes on, man. And an experienced team, but uh, that's it for me, David, unless you got something, uh, we'll uh, be ready to uh, hopefully recap that W. That's it. More positivity on the podcast this time. Uh, we didn't have that's anything right. bad to talk about because we won last week. And, that's right. uh, you know, got to critique the team in every weakness, but also critique the team in every strength that they have as well, too. And I think Florida will be able to run the ball pretty effectively against Missouri. Uh, just got to watch out for that running back Missouri's got because he's uh, setting SEC records almost right now. So that'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast. You can follow me at GC on Twitter, and you can follow Andrew Spivey at Andrew Spivey GC on Twitter as well. That'll wrap it up, folks, for this episode of the GatorCountry.com podcast.